You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. Welcome, everybody, listening to the Radiant Culture Podcast. My name is T Rex. And I'm Cookie Monster. And we are joined by our resident theologian. Who was up? Hey, T-Mac. How are you doing? Oh, good monster. Well, very well, thanks. Good to see you. Good to see you too after such a long time, guys. I know. Super yeah. long. So today, we're going to be talking about faith versus reality, which I think is something that a lot of us Christians struggle with because it's as though we are living in two separate realities at the same time so there's the world we live in and that we face every day our day-to-day struggles our pain points our challenges and then we're told to just have faith and just believe that you know god has stuff that he's working on and that you know we should just trust and believe that everything will be fine or is already fine we just need to pray those things into existence or whatever the terminology is so yeah. it's, it's it's it can get a little bit complicated yeah so we just need you to help us straighten some of that out no problem i'll do my <laughs> best <laughs> so by the end of this kuwaza we all need to be walking on water that is your assignment <laughs> that is your assignment there we go done whoa no pressure no pressure yeah so actually let's take talk about that story actually all right um when Jesus calls Peter out onto the water mm. and then he does, he actually manages to walk on water mm. until he sees the waves and the wind and the whatever and he starts to drown. Sink, yeah. So what was going on there? How come he could do it and then all of a sudden when it's almost as though he woke up and he's like, actually, I'm going to drown. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened there? What, what was, he, he had tapped into something for yeah. a second there. Well, I love this story because it's, it's, I really feel like Holy Spirit some time back gave me a, a different view of it, a, a revelation. I hope it will help. Um, and it may be just my miss and scramble with some people's understanding of that story. A lot of people would say, I heard people say things like, I'd rather be a wet Peter than a dry disciple, you know, because oh, I, I stepped out. Yeah, I stepped yeah. out because I had faith. Mm-hmm. But what Peter did, it was not faith that, that Peter walked out onto the water mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. What that was actually his unbelief at work. Wow! Why did you say that? Because why did he walk on the water? Because Jesus told him to come. No, that's not the way it started. Jesus was walking on the water. Mm-hmm. Everyone was terrified and thought it was a ghost. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, "It is I." That's in your NIV. But the Greek actually, he said, "I am," mm-hmm. which is the Exodus three fourteen. Mm-hmm. And then he says, "Stop being afraid." Mm-hmm. Right. So he makes a declaration, he speaks the word, I am. Mm. And then Peter says, Lord, if it is you. Mm. Right? But actually Did he says, he, yeah, he yeah. calls him Lord, which is very interesting because if he's not the Lord, why do you then say if it is you? you know? <laughs> so, so, you know, so it's, it's like he, he's already, there's unbelief. He does, he does not believe the word because if he believes the word that Jesus spoke, mm. he stays in the boat. Oh, everything's fine. It's him. Mm. But I'm not sure that it's you. Mm. So if it is you, tell me to come out mm. of the boat. Okay. So when he walks on the water, yes, it seems like he has faith because he's listened to what Jesus has said. Yeah. But the thing with unbelief is that when faith is put to the test, what you truly believe is what comes out. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened in that moment. Mm-hmm. And the, what I found to be the revelation there was when Jesus caught him and said, why did you doubt? Mm. 
was not that why did you doubt when when you saw the wind at the waves? Why did you doubt the word I spoke to you in the beginning? In the, right. In the beginning. When I said I am. Why did you doubt? Because you see, in the revelation there is the word is what you must believe. Yeah. If you believe the word, circumstances and trials and all these things will not move you because you are listening and believing in the word. Mm. What he has said. So a lot of our challenge is that we believe, like Peter, mm-hmm. we say, Lord, as Peter did, he heard the voice of the Lord. See, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. Mm. So he, he was able to identify the voice. But there was just something in him that was looking for validation. Mm-hmm. and well, not valid, proof. Just, Yeah, some proof. Mm. Give me something more to work with. And that's the unbelief. That word, if, if it is you. They may walk on the water. And a lot of the time, we have faith and we have unbelief. And that's what causes us to uh, have those issues when everything is okay, you know. We are praising God. We are happy. God is good. Mm. When the trials come, when the difficulties start, you know, the storms of life, and then we begin to wonder about the goodness of God. Because in the beginning, before the trial came, we were not completely sold out mm. on the fact that God is good. And so difficult times, I hear people say, you know, your faith develops during difficult times. That's not true. Okay. What difficult times do is that it reveals. The level of your uh, faith. It, so your faith is tested yeah. in trying times, not developed. Just like gold. Yeah. Right? The gold is there. When fire comes, it tests. So if you put it up at, at a very high degree, a certain level, if it starts to melt, right? Mm-hmm. Below the boiling point of melting point, sorry, yeah. melting point of gold, mm-hmm. then it's not gold. Okay. Right? That's yeah. how you know. Yeah. So the test is at what point does it begin to melt? Ah, it's melting at the melting point for gold, then it should be gold. Mm-hmm. So that's what faith is like, and that's what Peter says our faith, which is of more value than gold, is right. being tested. <clears throat> so when the trying times come, the faith that we have already been developing is put to the test. Mm. So God tested Abraham, who already was walking by faith, yeah. and said, give me your son. Yeah. It was a test of his faith. It was not a development of his faith. His faith was already <clears throat> growing through his relationship with God, believing him when he said, leave the place where you are, Ur of the Chaldees, and follow me. Right. And all those promises and promises that he got and getting the son in the first place, he already had been walking by faith. But the testing comes, and that's when your faith is revealed to be what it is. If you have elements of unbelief in there, then you sink, and then you realize, hey, I've got a bit of work to do. Because you remember, the Bible says we are to walk by faith, mm-hmm. right? So it's, mm-hmm. not, it's not just for the times. You know, again, that's one of the misconceptions. Mm-hmm. When we talk about needing to faith things out, you know, have you ever heard people say things like, you know, when I used to, when I was still living by faith? Have you heard people say that? Yeah. What they mean is, I didn't have a steady flow of income, yep. right? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have income, and right. we were living from paycheck to paycheck. I didn't have a job, and you know, we literally had to believe God for the clothes on our backs, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But actually, you are supposed to believe God at all times. Because if you used to have to believe God, now that you're rich and whatever, you're able to get stuff for yourself. Mm. Now your faith is in money, Right. Yeah. It's no longer in God. Because so yeah. Is that not it's hectic. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So, and, so the point I'm making is okay. we are supposed to live by faith all the time. All the time. Yeah. The fact that you have money in your account, you still have to have faith that in the end of the day, it's God who's mm. doing it or who's providing through it. And that's why pride comes up, right? Because now you don't have to ask God. Now you can walk into the shop and do it yourself. And then yeah. you're thinking in your head, I'm doing it myself. Mm-hmm. No, I'm only doing it because God has allowed me to do it. Mm-hmm. That's what faith says. So you're constantly relying on God. Mm. That's what faith is about. So when the, trial, the trials come, you're not having to, okay, Tap uh, <laughs> where, are my, yeah. where are my faith discs? Yeah. <laughs> Time Stop to load faith. Out, yeah. <laughs> because now I need to walk by faith. No, mm. you had to be walking by faith all the time. So maybe this actually speaks to the core of the problem, maybe, that we have, I think we have a low view of um, of God, a low view of who he is, of his word, of his promises. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with, I guess, teaching in a lot of our, in a lot of our churches, a lot of our Pentecostal churches, I think in particular. Um, there's, there's a lot of teaching that comes through that I think, you know, you hear people talking about uh, believing God for stuff. Yeah. So faith is always attached to something, some yeah. tangible thing. Yeah. And of course, there's nothing necessarily wrong with believing God for things, but it's almost as if faith is viewed as this thing that you just pull out mm-hmm. when you need to like an ATM code exactly when you need to have a transaction of some sort that hey yeah. God I need a new house or a new place to rent or a wife I work we feel the way does it but it's because a lot of the teaching sometimes a lot of the focus is on God provide me with this and I'm yeah. faithing for this mm-hmm. So in other words, if I had all these things, I wouldn't really need the faith. Mm-hmm. I would just do what I've got to do. And, yeah. you know, when you, when, you, when you put it like that, that, hey, faith is a lifestyle, it's how we live. Then which brings me to the other point, which is another thing we see in our world is uh, this whole uh, pragmatism, right? Where people um, want to be, they'll say, okay, fine, I hear all this stuff that you're saying, but... How does it work practically or how does it work pragmatically? And so it's almost as if we detach faith from what we would call reality or practical whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think there's that disconnect, which means that our our view of faith is some ethereal out there thing Mm -hmm. that we call call on when something needs to happen. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's separate from the reality that we live Day to day, yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. It's very much like the secular sacred divide, you know, where, where there's work that's holy, and then, mm. you know, when I go to secular, this is not God territory, so I don't have to apply scripture or have integrity, whatever, whatever. Right? I can just be somebody else there, and then sacred is other stuff. It's very much the same idea, faith versus reality. So. Uh, if if uh, if guys say, ah, oh, the axe has fallen into the river. Oh gosh, my lord, it was borrowed. What are we gonna do? And the guy gets up and gets a stick and throws it into the thing, and then the axe head floats. Is that practical? No, 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 because uh, laws of physics and whatever. But I'll ask again: Is it practical? If you say to me no, right, that shows the problem that we have. Is that we have. You know, to the Christian, and once I remember once saying to some, you know, to a few guys that 
in miracles, God doesn't perform miracles. He doesn't. It's just him being himself. It's not a miracle. It becomes a miracle because in the world that we live in, no one ever hears that, uh, you know, a bone just gets, you know, sorted out without surgery and stuff. That's why it's called a miracle. Because there's no human intervention. There's no scientific intervention. But in the sight of God, it is a normal day at the office. Yeah. This is just the kind of thing that happens. That's actually good. But as Christians, because we've lived in the world so much, and that's why that scripture of renewing the mind is so, so important. We have to be able to think like him. You know, so I, I, earlier I talked about how Jesus viewed death. All the time you see him, he, you know, at one point he had to explain to his disciples, okay, okay, I'm saying he's dead. When, you know, Lazarus, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I go to wake him up. Ah, but, but if he falls, he falls asleep, if he sleeps, like, why would you want to wake him up? He's sick. If he sleeps, he gets better. Leave him, let him sleep. Ah, <laughs> oh, you guys, okay, I'll tell you plainly now, he's dead. And for your sake, I'm happy that I wasn't there, etc., etc. That's just how he, you know, it's not like euphemism, you know, sometimes you think yeah. Jesus is, it's just how he, that was his reality. You know, if you're dead, you're just sleeping. I can wake you up. Just like if I shake you, you know, just like when you see someone's just sleeping. Mm -hmm. You never think in your head. You don't start wailing. You don't start doing all these. Ah! You go there and say, hey, Vuka, right? Mm -hmm. Wake up. It's time to go. What are you still doing in bed? That's how Jesus saw death. It's just like someone who's sleeping. Hey, wake up. Let's go. And then the person actually gets up. See, it's a mindset. And as Christians, we have to renew our minds. To then get away from that thing where we say there's faith and then there's pragmatism. All of that, that even that pragmatism has to find its place within the reality of who God is and how, what God can do. Because the God who can make things and gives ideas to scientists, you know, go and have surgery. God is there. Yeah. Right? In the surgery, God is there when you work. Right? And it's not like he's only there when uh, he wants to feed you with ravens. Meat is a, you know, every day and water from a brook. He's, he's the one who provides when you go to work and you get a salary and things like that. So God, everything is in God. Nothing is outside of him. Yeah. And when you have that mentality, you don't have the divide of faith versus pragmatism. Because everything is in God. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one to wrap your head around. Because then, we, cause then it's supposed to impact on how we make all of our decisions. Yeah. But then that's when you start getting, well, when us as Christians actually start judging each other, like mm, these ones are taking faith too far, mm. where they <laughs> leave their house on an empty tank and just believe that they're going to get where they're going. Yeah. Whereas the practical person is like, no, I'm a good steward of my finances. As unto the Lord, I'm going to make sure I have money for fuel and I'm going to put fuel in my car. Mm -hmm. Like, can you see the the difference like where we yeah. just look at each other and we're like your faith is real different from my faith yeah like how no but that that's that's both both those positions glorify god to the extent that god is the one who is honored right so if you've got money for fuel mm. you're glorifying god and not your skills insured in your money mm -hmm. because you could you know like in 2008 bernie madoff right mm -hmm. people lost a lot of money yeah. In this Ponzi scheme. Yep. But the people who lost money would have said, I am a good steward of my money. I put it with Bernie Madoff, who's making so much you yeah. know, in terms of uh, returns. Mm. And, and they would have been patting themselves on the back. But that in one day, and people committed suicide, it was really bad. Yeah. <clears throat> so if God is glorified in the way you steward your finances and you have money to put, you know, to have fuel in your car, mm. that's fantastic. But the person who doesn't have fuel in their car, 
not because they're not necessarily being, you know, and that's one of the, you see, the issues where if someone doesn't have fuel in their car, it means that they are not a good steward of their finances. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, or you're, you, you're still renting, and how old are you? Yeah, this guy, you know, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> stuff like that. Yeah. But sometimes it's not that, it's just how that person's life is. What's key is in that situation is the person feeling like, you know, I'll never own a house as long as I don't have this, I don't have a job, I don't have that, I need a mortgage. I... Can that person believe God for a house even when they don't have all that? But what does it mean to believe <clears throat> God for? Because you're really supposed to believe that he's yeah. already blessed you. He's already given yeah. you everything you need. Yeah. So that's how we end up with this, like, let me just claim it. Yeah. So that's the thing to say that God, the ability of God to make things happen in the seen realm. Mm -hmm. Because remember, I'll just give an example again from scripture where Daniel, when the angel came eventually. Said from the time that you sought to understand, mm -hmm. apply your mind to get understanding, your prayer was heard and you were answered. Mm -hmm. But I've been withstood for 21 days, yeah, okay. right? But it's like when you set your mind to understand, not even when you started asking, mm. right? When you just set your mind to think and to say, I want to do this, the Lord answered your prayer. You know, there's a scripture that says, He will answer, even before you, you speak, yeah, He will answer you, mm -hmm. right? So there is this un an unseen realm where things are happening, where God is doling out so many things. Mm. But because of our ignorance on the earth, right, we're not clued up on the fact that once you ask God for something or you believed him for something, it's established in the spirit realm. Mm. And now what you're doing is working to get it. I don't want to say working, but you are basically trying to see it through. I don't know. I don't know what phrase I can use. Okay, I'm just wondering. But the idea is... What's real in the unseen to become real in the seen mm -hmm. realm? Yeah. And that's how we end up back at Hebrews. Yeah, at Hebrews. And also back, you know, this is why we do the back and forth and why people can actually be very angry at God. You know, if you look again at the book of Judges, you know, there's a pattern there where every time they sinned and then they will cry to God, God would raise up a judge, right? Yeah. Then they'll be okay for a while, then they sin again, and then the nation would come and oppress them, then God raised the judge, and it was a cycle. <clears throat> most of the time, it would be someone who's already, like, all full-grown in it. Hey, Gideon, go and uh, deliver my people. Mm -hmm. But on one occasion, it was, uh, God's deliverance was him going to a woman, sending an angel to a woman who could not give birth. Mm -hmm. He said, you're not to drink wine or anything like that, because the son you're going to have... You're not going to cut his hair. He's going to be a, a Nazareth. Some sort. Yeah, you know. So this is someone who's not even been conceived. Now imagine people who are crying out to God for deliverance. She's going to conceive, right? Mm -hmm. Then gestation period and then have the child. And then the child has to be weaned and all that process. And then there's someone who's still crying out and feel like God has not heard us. Yeah. But God is already... Okay. Uh, giving oh, you the deliverer. You see what I'm talking about? But yeah. there's, a, there's, there's a process for the deliverer. He has to grow. He has to do all this stuff. He has to, you know, if it was in our time, go to ECD, you know. <laughs> God's yeah. solution is still in ECD. Yeah. And you are there thinking God has, <laughs> has, has forsaken you. You know, like God doesn't hear prayer. God, and you know, people, you say God answers, but I don't believe it because we've been asking, we've been doing all night prayers, we've been fasting. You know, and people will still be fasting for deliverer, but the, the deliverer is there. He just has to go through those processes. You yeah. can't fast someone into 21 years of age. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. when they're you know <laughs> when they're two years old. So it is with spiritual things. Yeah. You know, there are things that God would already establish, but sometimes you are not ready, right? Mm. You have to grow to come to a point where, uh, you know, if T Mac, so not T Mac. Uh, sorry, I want to say uh, Cookie Monster here. You know, I know that I'm going to give him this, and he's not going to go crazy and have five women over at his house because, you know, I blessed him before. It was, yeah. you know, he could contain it, you know. God says to the people of Israel in another place, he says, I'm not going to give you the land all at once, mm-hmm. lest the wild animals overwhelm you. Well, I'm ready for a couple of Lambos. <laughs> Until you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so those are all different facets of why there could be that lag. Mm-hmm. But the idea is God could already have done all these things in the unseen realm. Mm. And Jesus says, and it's very interesting because you then think about it to say, if you pray and you don't believe that you have it, yeah. that means that you don't have it, right? Yeah. You know, mm. so you have to pray and believe that you have it mm. for it to work. Okay. So a lot of us, we pray and it's like hope, really. We're just throwing something out. It's like, God, I prayed. Mm. But do you believe that what you've asked for, you have? Because that's the only way that you will then receive it. Okay. So... So I think this goes back again to our view of God, because if we have the wrong view of who God is, of um, his truth, of um, our relationship with him, then it's very easy for us to slip into that where, again, like what T-Mac was saying, that everything becomes transactional and um, we, we feel as if if things don't happen a certain way, God has abandoned us, yeah. you know, all of that sort of thing. But then another reality that we have to live with is that maybe sometimes the things that we're believing God for aren't going to happen in our lifetime or in the uh, period that we, we're hoping or even in the <coughs> manner that we're hoping that will happen. Yeah. But are we still able to, to believe that God is doing? Because, you know, if you look at the story of Moses, for example, that the different parties that are involved there. Um, there's the mother, um, and then there's the the servant who's there. Then there's Pharaoh's wife. There's like all uh, Pharaoh's kid uh, daughter. Sorry, but these are all different people, characters who are involved in this story. And it takes a very long time for Moses to fully develop into the person that um, that he was supposed to be. And then you know, the process unfolds. But it's this whole period that's. Uh, that's taken place and i'm sure in that moment the israelites were praying were saying ah lord you know why have you left us Mm -hmm. but god was working out his plan and he was raising he was raising his person yeah so i guess it comes back to us you know even now to say the things that we i mean i'm thinking of myself right now you know i'm always like on god's case about all kinds of things but i'm just thinking that you know how many things do we say ah god i've been praying for this or lord you promised this and I'm praying and whatever, but it's not happening. Could it be that God is doing what God is doing? And in the fullness of time, you know, are we willing to, to still believe God? I read something um, earlier. I don't know if you guys know Elizabeth Elliot. She was a... Just, just look her up. Yeah. Um, she said, the secret is Christ in me, not me in a different set of circumstances. Mm, mm, it's powerful. And I thought, wow, this is so profound. Because often we, we, we feel that if the circumstances changed, then that would be God, right? Mm-hmm. Then it's like, ah, God has finally given me my breakthrough. Mm-hmm. But the secret is not that. It's that even in the midst of the difficult things, in the midst of the uncertainty, Christ is still in me. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it goes back again to our 
view of faith and what it actually means to have faith in God. It's very interesting because if you think about the disciples and Jesus in the boat, right? Um, uh, and there was a storm, that storm, and then these guys were going on crazy. The difference between Jesus and the disciples is the disciples, the internal condition of their soul was dependent on the external circumstance, right? Mm-hmm. But with Jesus, the internal condition of his soul is what he superimposed on the external environment. Mm-hmm. So the peace that enabled him to sleep through the storm, yeah. he woke up and spoke it and, and spoke superimposed it, it over the environment. But the disciples, when it was nice and calm, they were happy with Jesus sleeping. When water started coming in, and a storm, it's a hurricane. Oh, why don't you, don't you care that we're about to drown? I mean, I would have been there, right? Screaming. <laughs> exactly. So you see, like, the, the in, external environment determines how they feel, you yeah. know, their level of faith. Mm. But you can be at a point, and that's why I like this story. I mean, that quote from um, Elizabeth Elliot, yeah. Yeah. is to say, what matters is Christ in me and not the circumstance. Because if I have Christ in me, I can arise, and by faith I can speak over the environment, and the environment takes on the condition of my soul, not my soul taking on the condition of the external environment. Deep. So deep. Shucks. I feel like we need a part two. (laughs) I feel like this is probably something we can't necessarily finish in one conversation. I don't know. Um, Yeah. 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 So to our listeners, let us know if you'd like us to continue and do a part two for you of this faith versus reality. Um, because, yeah, I think like we've just scratched the surface. I still have a lot of questions. Yeah, so, much, <laughs> so, much. so many questions. So um, I feel like we'll leave it here for today. Yeah. And if you guys have any contributions, questions, things you want to add to the conversation, comments, please comment on our social media pages or email us and we'll include that when we bring Kuwaza in again for round two. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. Yes. Yeah, but this has been awesome. Yeah. No, it's given us a lot to think about. Yeah. That last thing that you said, yeah. I feel like, I feel like with our episodes, we, we, we're probably more convicted than... <laughs> Bruh, like you just finish every episode. Like, get, like, like when, I'm driving, when I'm driving, when I'm driving home, I'm just like, oh, snap. Bruh. I'm like, I've been doing this wrong this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, so Kowaza, thank you. <laughs> and we'll see you again soon. Yeah, yeah. we'd love to come back at some point. Yes. Awesome. All right. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiant at the hub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.